Welcome back to episode 55 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined as always by NBA expert now that the NBA season has kicked off, Gary Hartman. Uh, it's been a, a short delay, short little layoff for your boys here at ETC. Gary has been extremely busy, obviously, with NFL season fully underway now that we're, we're heading into week eight here. And uh, NBA season is is back, as I mentioned. Gary, how are you feeling now that we've got, what, one week under our belt in the NBA season? You're, I know you're slammed. I know you're swamped. Yeah. So it is good that you were able to carve out 30 minutes of your day here to hang out with me and talk over some collectible stuff. How are you feeling? Are you, uh, are you overwhelmed at this point of, of I know, season? I, I know you know the grind. You're, you're doing golf. Yeah. You're doing three showdown shows a week, shows, shows and articles a week. You're uh, helping out with everything on the back end, projections-wise, ownership-wise for Main Slate. You, you, you understand what it's like. But, yeah, for me, it's, it's been an interesting week. Like, I obviously have been doing NBA and NFL myself for a while, and I've been working on the NBA team here at ETR for three seasons now, or this is my third season. But it's the first year that I have actual NFL responsibilities. And so I'm going back and forth almost daily switching it's like a switch in my brain i gotta go nfl <laughs> nba nfl nba like like on friday i helped um write nba top plays and then i immediately had to go write nfl top plays and then i uh uh today i did a first look show for nfl at 11 and then right after this show i'm gonna write nba top plays and then tomorrow i'll be on the nba show uh but thursday we have an nfl showdown show so it's just like every every day is is a is a is a switch on switch off type thing um but you know what? It's it's a it's an adjustment, but I'm getting there. Like I'm finally able to be an I think you know so so called expert on both sports. I feel like it took four or five days, but I feel like I could just go run to NFL world, run to NBA yeah. world, and and get it. And like I know Drew, my boss, Dinkmeyer uh, here, like does the same thing, and he told me about the challenge it would be, and he was definitely right. But it's um it's a fun challenge. Like at the end of the day, I still get to freaking talk about hoops and football for a living. So like I make it work and make it happen. You know, I, I was just going to say it's, it's quite the life to lead for us where we just get to talk about sports all day and, and yeah. some, for some reason get paid to do so. But I, I mean, on top of all of the responsibilities for, for ETR, you're still obviously playing DFS professionally, still very much involved in the collectible space. So I know that it's just been, yeah. uh, it's been very busy. So all that off the front, just to say that we do, we do apologize for not being yeah. here as much as we yeah. want to be here. We do want to get back on kind of a biweekly schedule, as we mentioned at the end of, of episode 54 here. That would be quite nice. I think that that is uh, enough time for us to be able to talk about everything that's happening in the collectibles world. But since it's been, uh, I think, over three weeks now since we last recorded, a whole lot has happened. Uh, you know, we, we haven't talked since NBA has been back. There's been so much shakeup in the NFL, the World Series is about to, to get underway here. And then there's some just hobby-related stuff that we want to get to as well. So why, why not waste any more time here? Let's get right into it. You want to start with uh, with the biggest takeaways from the first week of the NBA season here? Yeah, totally. It's been a lot of fun this first week. And you know, I'm, I've been to the Garden twice now, so my Knicks, 2-1, and one, they look fun. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Brunson makes all the world a difference. To, I know, I know what people like when I throw my fan, my fandom takes in there. So uh, I'm excited about this next team. I really am. I think they're going to be involved in like the six through 10 seed hunt. And they look just having a point guard looks all the different. So I had a fun time at the garden last night with my wife and uh, just in general, though, um, aside from my, my Knicks optimism, uh, you know, I think the main takeaway is John Morant for me. Once again, I know we talk about him yeah. all the time on this show, but <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. So he comes back last year, wins most improved player, which is some Fugazi award. Obviously, he was already a great player. But yeah, he took a step up last year, um, was the leader of the second team in the second seed in the West in the Grizzlies. And like, I thought, how much more room does this guy really have to grow? Like, he's already playing Allen Iverson type of stuff with like even more hops and explosion, right? Um, and now he comes out this year, and I think what three of his four games have been absolutely insane. And another one last night against the Nets. And they, they go out and beat Brooklyn Nets. Like, say what you want about the Nets. They have their issues. But um, 
you know, they beat them by 10. They have that game pretty pretty much in hand the whole time. And Ja just goes absolutely bomb. I'm trying to get his box score up right now. But goes absolutely bonkers for another 38 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, two steals in 34 minutes, 12 of 20, 20 12 of 22 from the field. And the, the most interesting thing about Ja Morant so far this year, and this is where there was areas for improvement, is his three-point shooting has been excellent. This is something that we never considered John Moran to be a three-point shooter. He went four of six last night, five of six against the Rockets on October 21st. Um, I think he's shooting 60% from three in the short sample so far this year. And it's just like, he's 23 still. He's 23. Um, I mean, the and you're seeing it in the card market. It's um, Usually you don't see this stuff with even base anymore, but his base is up as well. His base PSA 10 is back up to being a $200 card. And that's something with a huge pop right so like his base psa 10 is a 20 pop of twenty one thousand, and it's still up 24 percent over the last two weeks that was a card that early october was going for 150 now it's going for almost 200 again so even the base which you and i will will recommend people staying away from is up and then you go to other things obviously you're going to see a silver up about five percent up back up to twelve hundred dollar card uh and then any kind of as high-end stuff like it's tough like i want to sell some jaw and i actually already have over the last couple of weeks but like it's i i don't mind being invested long term in jaw i just still think the injury risk is there like the way he plays is very very dangerous but the skill and the upside and the all-time legacy and the the highlight reels and the kids loving him like it's all there and he's showing it right back on tape to start the season again so it's pretty crazy i think that's what makes it so difficult is you want to be invested in this guy for for all the right reasons yep. but where where some of these players that we'll get into here next like that that could sustain an injury and come back and be the same player jaw's one of those guys that like if there's an injury in his future man it, it it seems like it could be one of those where it saps his athleticism and if he loses his athleticism he loses the way he can play um but you know if that 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 aside, injury risk is a, a real risk for anybody that we we invest in in the hobby. What what would you recommend right now for people that like myself, like you, were getting back into the hobby around this time frame when Jaw was when people were breaking you know 2019 prism and and Jaw was the becoming the face of the hobby over the last couple of years? Is it something where we should continue to hold our base Jaw? Should we start to offload that? What about some of the more mid tier stuff? Some of the colored refractors, PSA 10 graded stuff. Is it time to to offload a little bit of that? I think right now is a great time to sell base. Like we're about, we're, we're on the brink of a recession as a country right now. Base has not shown any sort of signs of life at all over the last couple of years. And if we're getting a 25% increase over the last two weeks on anyone's yeah. base with a pop of 20,000, great time to sell base. Excellent time. Um, I'm going to do the same. I, I have to go into my closet and get, I have a ton of base yeah. job, PSA 10. I'm just going to throw them all up. And like, I'd rather keep my mid tier and my high end stuff for the stuff that I want to like kind of either sell throughout the season or invest in long term, whatever. But the base, I think, is a great time. Mid tier, I would also think is an okay time to sell. The high end stuff's where you really have a decision point because that stuff's you're going to be able to fetch for soon too. I'd almost rather wait till NFL is over and when all the attention's on NBA and then yeah. everyone's starting to get their hats in the ring. But I don't know. I see, I know some economists are really worried about the last couple months, uh, the next couple months. Obviously, we're already worried about the last couple months. So, it's a really tough place to be. And we, we've never pretended to be like any kind of financial advisors on the right. show and like that. But I just think you could go out and do your own research in regards to that. That said, we've also spoken about how in recessions, people like to invest in alternative assets. It, it's a chance that, you know, high, high end cards will be a place that people turn. I doubt it. But it's a there's a chance. So yeah, really I think that that the the interesting decision point comes around that that break even price for me would be like the silver stuff, right? Yeah. Pop count of fourteen hundred, last sold for twelve hundred dollars. That would that would be kind of the point where I think like mid tier style stuff that and and below would be stuff that you could happily offload right now as it's up fifteen percent plus over the last couple of months or last month. 
And then stuff maybe even higher than that, a little bit higher than that is stuff that you would want to hold just a little bit longer. Maybe there's some some upside throughout the rest of the season. Maybe there's some upside even more long-term for stuff above kind of that silver price range. Yep. Yep. I think that's a great way to look at it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been taking offers on high-end stuff. I uh, I don't want to get into details here because I've been actively working with some customers yeah. and I did make a sale. And, and maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll recap what I've done with all my Jaw stuff. But I think it's uh, kind of not advantageous for me to talk in detail about it right now. But um, I I did sell one of those big Jaw cards over the last couple of weeks. And, and I have uh, the ideas, some ideas and negotiations going on with others. I don't know if I'm definitely going to pull the trigger on some of this stuff, but uh, I have been moving a little bit of it. And I think it's okay to do the high end as well. So do, do what you want with the high end, but I think the low end you should be selling. Um, but it's fun. Keep it going. I hope he stays healthy. See, that's the thing. You just don't want yes. this. Can, the, the rug can get pulled out from under you in a second. Do you remember last year when I was looking at selling the Tiger Stripe and other things? Mm-hmm. Then he got injured and then it, it, went, it went away. And yeah, he came back for the playoffs and he looked good. But there was a three week, four week low there, maybe a month, maybe five, six weeks that it was just you know, your negotiations are off the table. And like it's just it happens that quickly. And this is a guy that. We love the way he plays. I don't want him to stop playing the way he plays, but the risk is higher than most NBA players. So you have to keep that in mind. Um, Out, actually, outside of Jaw, who, who else has caught your eye the most? Uh, yeah. in, in terms of hobby-related stuff, who, who has caught so, your eye the most? I, I know we've I, got some ex, a really exciting rookie class that I want to talk about here after we get through some of the guys that uh, already have product out there. But who who other than Jaw is catching your eye? Yeah, so I didn't put this on your on the uh, little rundown I gave you before the show, but we have to talk about Zion too. Actually, I mean, you know, yeah, John ja, yes. ja makes John ja makes me think about Zion. Obviously, um, his stuff is not up like Jaws is, but it actually is a little bit stagnant or slightly up on the low end, and he looks exactly like he did two years ago. Yes, I mean, like, yes, like exactly, which is it's so exciting because there was nothing you could do with Zion last year. You weren't offloading when he wasn't playing last year, so like. Mm-hmm. People have just been sitting on Zion for a while. And I think that's why his market's more stagnant because his market's not going to be getting flooded with the cards back out again. People looking to finally be able to take advantage of him being on the court. But if he's able to keep this up, for sure, it's going to be a solid sign, right? His silver is right around $1,600 right now on a pop of $1,500. That's been pretty stagnant over the last two weeks. Over the last three months, that's up. So it's more over the last month to two weeks where it's kind of stagnant out. So I think all the hype in the preseason – him looking good, him expected to play full role, did go, did see that price increase in the offseason. So it started as like a $1,400 card. It's almost up to a $1,700 card on his silver. I think the high end, you're going to have time. I'm weirdly more confident in Zion holding right now than I am Ja, which I know is weird. But all I needed to see is him get back on the floor and look like the Zion of two years ago. And I still believe in the generational talent. So um, I think there's risk with him too, obviously with injury. We know this. But as far as kind of my... Long-term portfolio, I'd feel slightly more comfortable with Zion in that portfolio than Ja. Mid-tier, like mid-holding, I feel around the same. And then short-term, I feel a little bit comfortable more selling Ja right now, just playing into the hype. So, And I think the, the biggest takeaway, and I'm not a, a big watch-the-game type of guy, but like the biggest <laughs> takeaway is that he looks, looks yeah. physically looks good, and that was kind of the biggest concern too, like the, that the weight may have gotten out of hand, that the NBA lifestyle and the, the New Orleans lifestyle may have taken over. But he, he physically looks like Zion should yeah. look. And I mean, looks incredible. So I know he was ruled out today. I, w- I would imagine that that was just management, right? Load management type stuff. The fact uh, that he Yeah, was- I think so. Um, let's see what he was officially ruled out for. Uh, la, 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 la. Yeah, they, they put it down as hip back. It's yeah. just management. Just, I'm just, a little just, I'm a little surprised because it's a TNT Tuesday night game. Yeah. Um, 
and they're playing the Mavericks. So I kind of thought that they wouldn't do that. They would wait till their next game, but it is what it is. I, I'm about to write NBA top plays after this. Yeah, the Pelicans are going to be an interesting spot for DFS tonight. Um, I wanted. I, I actually wait. wrote down Zion on, on my own sheet because I wanted to bring up something NBA top shot related, just looking at yeah, cool. Zion and Ja and those guys, the initial bull run of, of NBA top shot was kind of tied to those guys and some of the, the LeBron legendary stuff. Um, I don't know if you remember what the those 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 moments were fetching back kind of during that that bull run, but there was a Zion uh, cosmic which is out of forty nine his rookie uh, rookie debut moment out of forty nine went for fifty five thousand in February went for seventy nine thousand in Ooh. August it's down to uh, last sold for eight grand oh my god you know what I mean? and wow that you, damn you that guy that, that guy took this. a seventy thousand dollar loss that bought that for seventy nine thousand that's kind yeah of yeah i mean <sighs> i mean I, i've taken some losses on cardboard but nothing nothing that extreme nothing like that and yeah. it's been quite quite the run-up and roller coaster ride just looking at prices you know the the very early days of of nba top shot this moment was selling for two thousand three thousand forty five hundred you see it kind of run up through january and then you know you have the bales article gets up to 18,000, 25,000 sells for 55 in February, almost no sales from February to August. And then in August it sells for 79. And then almost immediately after that goes back down. But I, I I'm just thinking through this long-term, like this is the type of moment that if you yeah. do think NBA top shot wins out, this is his rookie debut moment minted out of 49 from the first series of top shot for really the first sports NFT uh, that, that really kind of ushered this, the life cycle of NFTs into our world. I mean, eight grand is, is seems like a reasonable we were, price tag if that's the type of stuff you're you're playing around in. It would be something that I would imagine you're holding long term. This yeah. is not something that I think is an, an immediate flip where we're going to see this happen. But it, again, if you're a uh, an NBA Top Shot bull and you've been waiting for the moment to to buy one of these moments, maybe now is the time. <laughs> yeah, we were talking um, the Trey Lance moment at a forty nine. Yeah, right? and obviously we couldn't have predicted what happened with Trey Lance with the injury, but. When you're just comparing price for price around a similar range, like, yeah. come on, you'd so much rather, you know, vacuum, I'd rather have the Zion than a Trey Lance. Trey Lance, we knew nothing about. We at least knew Zion when he's on the floor is a generational guy. So um, that's pretty, I think that's a great call. I think it's a great call. You know, just be careful where you're spending your money right now, obviously. So it's, yeah. it's a lot, you know, it, it's a lot, but it's, it's still like, if you believe in that platform, if you believe in the, in, in the NFTs in general, I think that's a great call. Um, so yeah, so that'll do it with Zion. I think the other, the other interesting um, storyline for me so far this season is kind of the return and dominance of Damian Lillard and the Blazers. The Blazers are four and up. The Blazers beat the Nuggets last night. Um, good. Looked really good. I watched most of that game as well. Anthony Simons is, is get one of my guys. Uh, we did a my guy draft mm -hmm. over at the NBA season. So Anthony Simons is one of my guys. I freaking love that kid. And I think he's a buy at high end stuff because I think he, you're going to take you know, he, he, nothing's going to be outlandish for his National Treasures rookie patch autographs compared to some other guys. And I think he does have top 40 NBA talent for sure. Uh, so we'll see where that career goes. But Dame's on the what, last four or five years of his career. Like, I know Simons will be locked up there in Portland, but it could be a natural transition there. Uh, so I like Simons a lot. But Dame, um, happy to see with Dame. Dame's always had kind of like a cult uh, cardboard collecting uh you know, situation where everyone, you know, Dame has like his true truthers. People want to spend on Dame, but it's kind of like a uh, dumbed down Steph Curry version. Where, like the same people are all right. buying the Dame cards, but you're going to get it at 50% 50 less than what Steph goes for. So happy to see Dame just look like Dame again. And that's everything. I mean, the guy is the top 75 player of all time already. He was on that team. He's got room for, for growth. I don't know if he ever wins a championship, which impacts his overall upside. But I do think 
that there's more to add to that resume in playoff ones, more to add to that resume in overall generational statistics. Certainly one of the best five or six guards I've ever watched in my lifetime. And um, I, I love Dame. So to see, you know, he, he's out of the 2012 class, only a pop of a thousand. And to see that down still over the last three months and two weeks, it's still down 15%, not many sales, but to, to be around $300 to $324 card right now, you know, I've always been interested in that Dame card, uh, the 2012 person. So I like Dame. Yeah, I think anytime you can get your hands on that 2012 stuff, I think that, you know, is going to continue to carry long-term value just from being that first prison product. You mentioned Anthony Simons, and, and I think we had an over on Anthony Simons last night for the ETR NBA props team, which if, sure you're not, if, you're not, if you're not in the ETR NBA prop streets, I mean, what are you, what are you guys doing? You just hate money at, at this point. Yep. Uh, an incredible nine and three night for the props team last night. Anthony Simons has uh, a true RPA on eBay for $3,500 right now. Nice really? looking card. 2018 national treasures really good looking card 3500 is that is that and i know we're not really messing around oh that seems pretty good is that is that a smash buy yeah uh so that's not graded the graded one they is got is a guy has a 910 up for five grand right now too um okay yeah i think that's great i mean i got i want to take a look at the condition on that thing but i think it's really good um he is so for comparison's sake he's like for josh giddy Right. Second year, like his mm-hmm. stuff's still going for like 10, 15, 20 grand, like in certain, Jeez. in certain things of, of the, uh, of national treasures RPA. So like, I think I'd just as much ha- rather having him for new Simons. I love Josh Giddy as well. Um, but Simon's like, I don't, I think people are sleeping on how good Simon's is like how good he really can be. Um, yeah, I, to, I think you're right. I mean, he had tw- 25 yeah. points or 22 points in the third quarter last night. Just Dude, he, fire. Was, he was like doing Clay Thompson stuff uh, yeah. in the third quarter last night. He like, and even Dame, who is a is a well known chucker heat check guy, <laughs> was getting out of the way for Anthony Simons. Dame was Dame was handing the ball up to him. He's like basically saying, "Please shoot, go ahead." Um, and you know that was fun to see. So yeah, I like. I think I mean thirty five hundred is the buy now. Like if you can get this, oh, he doesn't even have offers up. So I guess that's what he's taking. But I was gonna say if you can get this for you know under three grand, I think that's probably the sweet spot for NT RPA stuff for Simons. Uh, absolutely. I have some Simon stuff, some prism rookies, things like that. I feel really good about, um, I have a, at a 88 choice prism rookie that I feel good about. I got some good stuff for Simon's that I like, and then I'm a little conflicted on, cause you see his base right now is up, uh, 140% over the last two weeks Jeez. on eight sales. So not nothing. So it's up to 60 bucks going into the season. His base 10 was a $25 card. So, um, his silver also up about 25%. And that card seems undervalued to me right now. Only $178 for a pop of $1,200 for the silver. Simon, that should be a $200 card. So I think I, I look at that as uh, about 20 bucks undervalued for the Anthony Simon silver. So take that for what you will. Uh, we, 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 there's a team out west that's been dominant with Dame back and, and with Anthony Simons looking good. There's a couple of teams in the east that I think have looked really good. Headlined by uh, Jason Tatum, who looks, yeah. you know, Certainly all-star worthy again, but also looks like he might be making a run at at, at MVP. I mean, looks like yeah. one of the be- truly one of the best players in the league, one of the best offensive players in the league, has had an insane run to start this season. What do you think about looking at this Boston Celtics team who looks primed for another deep playoff run headlined by, by Jason Tatum? Yep, Tatum Silver has had seven sales over the last two weeks, up 18%. Uh, to a eleven hundred dollar card, eleven twenty five. It's valued at right now. Card ladder. This dipped below a thousand dollars in the offseason, which was always absurd for Jason Tatum. Silver. We're talking the top eight ish player in the NBA. Yeah. Still only, still only sixteen years old. Um, and you know, is is is. I actually think he's a real chance of the MVP this year. Real 
real chance. Like everything adds up, right? You're entering like your fifth, sixth year. Um, you're coming off the the NBA Finals loss. You have the highest projected uh, win total in the league. Um, you're a clear step above your your number two and Jalen Brown at this point. Like everything adds up to a me- mega Jason Tatum year, and it's 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 come to fruition so far this season. Uh, Tatum's a hold for me right now. Yeah. Um, he's a hold, so I don't think I would be. Uh, if you want to buy two, you're you're buying a little high compared to the rest of the season. But I actually think there's a ton of room over the next five months on Jason Tatum, barring an injury. I think there's a ton of room on Jason Tatum. So he's a hold for me. Plenty of outs throughout the rest of the season. But I mean, you joke about the age and it's 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 the easy joke to make, but he still is only 24 years 24. old. It's crazy. It's absurd. He's been it's in the league seven, This is actually a six NBA season. He's 20. He's 24. I mean, that's crazy. yeah. It, in like like to his to his benefit, too, because he comes out in these class. This class is 2017 prism class where the pop counts aren't going to be as insane as they are for some of these other guys. You know, we exactly. talk about uh, uh, John Morant from the 2019 class who has a 21,000 pop count on his just his base PSA 10. You know, Jason Tatum's is a fourth of that, right? So, like, you just you, there's just less product in circulation. You mentioned the you know 776 pop count for uh, his silver PSA 10 that just, you know, is recently selling for around 1,100. Stuff that's even a little bit higher in than that. Just going to be really, really low pop count on this stuff if you want to get your hands on it. And, you know, you mentioned it's it's might be a little bit of a buy high, but hopefully some of you guys have been listening. We've been talking about Jason Tatum for a while. And I think some of this stuff like pre 2018, pre pre Luca class is undervalued for these guys that are like truly, truly high end elite NBA players. So some wax talk quickly. Right. So we talk about how the Tatum silver is almost a thirteen hundred dollar card in a PSA in a silver. The you can go on uh, David Adams right now. You can get a hobby box of seventeen, eighteen for fifteen hundred dollars. Now you're really only hunting two and a half, three guys, but you can make your money back on like two base Tatum's in a ten, and then if you get like one Mitchell or Bam in like a color, you're you're making your money back. So it's it's really just Tatum, Mitchell, and Bam at this point in this class. So like that's the thing, and Bam's a big. So you're really looking at Tatum and Mitchell, and Mitchell I still am, I'm still bullish on. He's and by the way, just another guy. We're not going to do a deep dive on, but has looked very good to start his Cleveland career. Has Donovan Mitchell? Yeah. Um, you have De'Aaron Fox in that group, who is also in going to be in the running, I think, for most improved player this year. It looks really strong to start the season. So he's a guy. You have Jared Allen, but he's also a big. So like your your options in this class are Jason Tatum, Mitchell, and then kind of bust. But I, I would take that I would take that gamble if you're looking for wax to rip right now, not to hold to rip. I would I think it's an interesting rip. Uh, the seventeen eighteen um, prism. I like that call. I like anytime we can talk wax because I like I like buying and holding wax. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're know, obviously. I, mean, it's, I think it's a hold too because I love hold Tatum, too, but rip, you know? ripping it as well. I, you know, the, what's, what's more the, fun it's, than that? It's the fifteen hundred David Adams price that you want right now. It's still like sixteen, seventeen hundred most places. David Adams has like a, a sale right now. I don't know how long it's going to be going on, but they they have it up right now for fifteen hundred dollars. That's about two hundred dollars under probably MSRP right now. I would say um, Midwest Cards also has fifteen hundred. Most other places are going for sixteen, seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. Um, a blowout is 15. So maybe that is the price right now, but they, they still are all calling it a sale, whatever. I think $1,500 is a solid price for that box. So, all right. We've talked, we've talked Dame and, and Jason Tatum and all these olds. Well, you know, let's, let's talk about some of these young pups from last year's rookie yeah. class, from this year's rookie class. I think there's so many interesting names and I can't wait for 2022 product to come out with, with Paolo and some of these other guys that I think look awesome. Benny Mathurin looks, looks like an absolute right. baller yeah. too. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun names in this, this upcoming class as well. But what about some of these guys from, Last year's class, Jalen Green is a guy that we liked a lot. looks looks really good early on to start this season. Any other yeah. names stand out to you from from either last year's rookie class or this year's rookie class? 
Yeah, really impressed with Jalen Green to start this season. I was really worried for three quarters of the year last year about his efficiency, about his trucking tendencies, about his lack of being a team player. All of that's kind of gone to the side for me to start this season. He's averaging 24 points a game in the first three or four games this year, 46% from the field, 48% from three. Uh, and looks like a professional NBA scorer. No one-on-one matchup that can really stop him. I mean, maybe like Herb Jones, Mikael Bridges would slow him down, but like he's pretty much becoming an elite NBA offensive player right out the right out the gate. So I think he's a very interesting play. I just worry about the Rockets' ability to ever get to the playoffs in the re- incoming years, get to the you know do anything outside of the regular season. So he may be like one of those quick flip or short-term investment type guys for me or really long-term investment, right? You're waiting until he gets into a winning situation. I just don't think he's kind of like a midterm, like buy right now, maybe sell at the end of the year, buy right now, maybe sell next year. Um, if you love Jalen, I think he's a really good play though. Uh, you know, last year's uh, prism still doesn't have that much data around it, right? Everything was so mm-hmm. um, pushed back. We're still getting 21, 22 releases, right? We haven't even had one-on-one basketball come out. I think that's in a couple of weeks. So, you know, you're not going to have too much data on that stuff. And like, some of this stuff's really way overhyped. Like I know like a cracked ice went for crazy money the other day uh, out of contenders. So like, just be careful what you're buying on Jalen. I would want to stick to the rarer prism or contenders or, um, you know, maybe some optics select stuff, but like, I wouldn't go crazy about buying base or low ed Jalen green. So, but I like him. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Is, is Paolo going to be the guy? He's going to be the chase of, of this upcoming class. Yeah. Right? Saw him in person last night, man. The guy yeah. is absolutely insane. Like insane. What is he's 19 and he has the most like NBA ready body that I can remember coming into the league. Um, and yeah, he's turning 20 in a couple weeks. So he's, he's 20 years old. Um, and he is, so what, six, eight to 50, but like huge, amazing, huge amazing handle. Yeah. Like, and it's only going to get better. Like he's a true point forward. Like you can, you can make like t- Tatum comparison. Like there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, he's very good and very good right now. Like he's, like he should be an all, he might be an all-star this year. Like he's that kind of good. Um, and I think he could probably run away with rookie of the year barring an injury because the role is elite. He's averaging 23 points a game. Um, he's isn't shooting well from three yet. So he's got a lot of room to go there, but he's already averaging 23 points and seven and a half rebounds a game. And he's getting to the line like crazy, which is a great yeah. sign. Great sign. Superstar. Great sign. So I, I think Paolo is going to be the guy. And whenever that stuff comes out um, for a top shot, I'd be interested Cause like, I don't know what they're going to do the 4,000 mint count again or whatever for their first rookie moment. But I think that would be the guy I'm looking for there. So I think Paolo's the, certainly the guy you want in this class. I mean, Jabari Smith started at center last night, the third overall pick for the Rockets. I think he's interesting, but I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a uh, Paolo and then everyone else in this draft right now. Um, I do think Chet when that's when the real Poppy stuff comes out, will definitely fall through the cracks. So like, if you want to do a long-term investment in Chet, cause he's out for the year, I think that that makes some sense as well. Because of the injury, you think he'll he'll yeah. fall through because of the injury? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I don't think people will be investing in in the Thunder that much in breaks. I don't think. I think like the Thunder would be, the Thunder. My guess would be the fourth or fifth most expensive team. My guess it would be the Magic, then the Rockets, then probably Jaden Ivey, yeah, uh, and the Detroit. Pistons, and then maybe the maybe the Pacers get it over him because of Matherin at that point. Because we're still going to be like six seven months away from those releases. And Matherin looks like a true NBA scorer as well. So the Thunder might be the fifth to seventh most expensive team in breaks. For this Ke- Keegan Bradley, he made his debut last night last, or two nights ago. Night, yeah, uh, Keegan Murray. Keegan Bradley is the, Keegan, uh, Keegan Murray. I know you're 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 thinking we're on established the green. I get it. Yeah, um, Oof, boy, um, Keegan, you yeah. don't want to invest in Keegan Bradley. No, you don't want to invest in Keegan Bradley. In, in a, <laughs> no, just, Keegan Murray is good. Keegan Murray is not going to be a hobby guy though. He's not going to okay. be a hobby. He's going to be like one of those Harrison Barnes type, like very yeah. good, twenty and ten in his prime, but. 
not flashy, you know, not like anything crazy. Like he might have a floor hobby market. He's not going to have a ceiling hobby market. Similar to his, D- similar to his like fantasy profile. He's going to be like a strong DFS play on certain nights. Certain right. nights you're just going to be like, okay, he's going to be 38 DraftKings points. What is that doing for me on a 12 game slate? You know what I mean? Um, so it's, 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 I look at it similarly in his card market. Yeah. I think the fact that you've been deep in the the DFS streets to start the NBA season is going to help uh, help you identify some of these secondary and tertiary options who might have short term hobby value just because of the the roles that they're forced into or maybe getting off to hot starts things like that. Anybody, uh, whether it might be a, a sell now situation because they've started out hot or or maybe even a buy low where the hobby hasn't caught up to guys that are coming into new roles this season. Anybody stand out from that standpoint? Yeah, a couple of names to keep an eye on. Um, Devin Vassell for the Spurs. So the Spurs went into full tanking yes. tanking mode this year, right? Vassell is is their alpha right now on offense. He's like a shooting guard, small forward guy, but like he's shown a ceiling over the last couple of games. His silver raw is $15. That's up 105% over the last two weeks. It's He's going to put up crazy numbers all year. So keep that in mind. And I like him as like an NBA piece. Like I think he could be a good wing, but I think if you can get and flip or whatever over this season, I think he makes sense in that regard, but he's, he's a good player and the Spurs don't have much talent. He's going to be leading the way there. So he's just someone to like watch. And then Laurie Markkinen, who was a lottery pick in that, what was it? The same draft as uh, it wasn't the same draft as Tatum. Was it the year before that? Or was it the same draft as Tatum? Um, it was the same draft as Tatum. So there you go. You can go hunting in that same box for Tatum in the same draft. But Markkinen finally gets a team to his own, basically, where he could be like the alpha offensive scorer. He he did he threw up back-to-back 50-point drafting games this week. He is <laughs> a guy that is ne- never was – we never questioned like his pure offensive talent, but like kind of soft, a little bit worried about his defensive uh, hold uh, ability, streaky. But like this Jazz team, also similar to the Spurs, full-on tank mode. You could probably pick his stuff up for super cheap. He's going to put up numbers all year as well. So, like, I don't know if that means it's a buy now or a sell high or whatever, but like, these are just names to keep in mind. It's a really weird year in that regard. We got the Spurs, we got the Pacers, we got the, um, the, the, uh, the Thunder, like these teams that are like yeah. pretty much tanking right out the gate and, and the Jazz. And like, some of them are overachieving right now. And like, these guys that are going to, that are young, but are not going to like impact winning too much, but will put up numbers are going to put up huge numbers all year. So it's just something to consider. The, the Jazz certainly one of those teams that are overachieving, yeah. and, and for the Spurs, it, it truly is. It's what Keldon Johnson and and Devin Vassell; those those are going to be the guys. For yeah, Kel- that Keldon, season. Keldon and Keldon's an interesting guy because he's going to be a guy that's going to be like sought after on championship teams throughout his career. So like, just keep yeah. that in mind. Um, Spurs are three and one too. The Spurs beat the Wolves last night, like in, in, convincingly. Like it's weird whatever's going on, but it's early. It's early in the season, so. We'll yep the the chase for Victor is is on early. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it definitely is, and no one's and and everyone's failing except the Thunder, who who are just <laughs> who are just very openly like, yeah, we're gonna bench guys, we're not gonna tell you our starting lineup, uh, we're just gonna do whatever we feel like doing. So, uh, Presti's gonna Presti, but everyone else is uh, doing too well so far in the Jazz, the Pacers, and the Spurs. So. Yeah. I do want to give us a little bit of time to talk about some of the the more niche stuff that we've you know individually been focused on over the last couple of months and, and really over the last year plus now. I wanted to talk some UFC because we're coming off that that UFC 280 card that was a, a fantastic card, had three really good fights on it, uh, really headlined, in my opinion, by the Islam Makachev getting the belt over Charles Oliveira. I mean, Makachev just looks like a dude that's gonna that's gonna be on that Khabib level, and he's got Khabib in his corner. Uh, you know, obviously the the close ties there. I think will continue to keep his his hobby market up. 
is not going to be a guy that's going to get the the love for the charisma, for the personality, for the the out of the cage type stuff. But inside the octagon, man, he's going to maul people and he's going to be a favorite against anybody that he fights until the day that he can no longer fight. The way that he dismantled Charles Oliveira was was truly insane uh, on, on Saturday. So I think we're looking at a situation where we probably have the best pound for pound fighter in the world. He's going to be uh, be facing Alexander Volkanovsky, I would imagine sometime soon as Volkanovsky comes up from featherweight to to challenge for the light lightweight title. And I mean, once he beats Alexander Volkanovsky, this lightweight division is is absolutely stacked. But I just I just can't see anybody that has a clean path to to dismantling Makachev. So I wanted to bring that up because I know we've talked so much about 2021 Prism, uh, you know, the debut debut UFC Prism product, but he comes from that 2019 Tops class, which was the last year the Tops had the license and you know i think that that is a card that if you're looking into holding you can find some shorter printed refractor stuff where i think like the ceiling might be that he's just one of the best ufc fighters of all time wow he looks truly truly unstoppable and maybe we should have seen this coming he hadn't really fought you know in insanely high level competition up to this point kind of had a nice run up to the Oliveira fight, but, you know, came in as like a minus 185 favorite and, and looked like he should have been, you know, minus 250 or more. Just looked like a, looked, looked like an absolute star. And I think like the the Khabib connection is going to boost the hobby value a little bit. Again, certainly not a guy that's going to to get the love or get the investment because of, of his personality or anything that he does outside the octagon. But once he steps inside the cage, it's just uh, a truly different animal. Uh, and, and then the other guy that was interesting from that card, Sean O'Malley gets the win over Peter Yan, which I didn't expect. I, I think people may have looked at, at the end result and thought maybe Peter Yan should have been the rightful winner, but Sean O'Malley was landing damaging shots in that fight. It's an awesome, awesome striker. It, it's fun to just watch him go out, go out there and, and just throw. And for that reason, plus he is a guy that has the, the out of the octagon personality, the charisma, the crazy hair, the tattoos, uh, you know, says all the right things. He's a guy that I could see getting a ton of love in the hobby. He comes from the 2018 tops product and his stuff is spiked, you know, 58% over the last week for his tops Chrome raw cards. The one thing that I will question and the one thing that makes me think of him more as a little bit of a sell, you know, I talked about, like just mentioned that maybe people, maybe he didn't actually win that fight from, you know, a a technical perspective. I I know a lot of people thought that Peter Jan probably won two of those three rounds. He's going to get, he's going to get exposed at some point, you know, and if it wasn't last week, it might be when he fights for the title against Aljamain Sterling. I don't think that, that, that Sean O'Malley is the level of fighter that someone like Islam Akachev is where he's going to just get a belt and hold on to it forever. So if for whatever reason you're holding Sean O'Malley or want to hold and flip, you know, I think that he makes more uh, of a short-term investment opportunity as opposed to somebody that I'm holding long-term because I just don't think he's an, you know, truly elite top tier level fighter. And now his, his prices in the hobby kind of reflect that. So those were those were the two interesting takeaways from UFC 280. Uh, really, really awesome card in Abu Dhabi. And we've got some interesting cards coming up as well. You know, some big names out of that 2022 product. Obviously, the biggest draw from, from that product, the UFC 2022, is Patty Pimblett. Finally going to get, that. you know, got a little bit of a challenge with Jordan Levitt, but, but kind of dismantled him as many expected him to do. He's going to get a, a really good matchup for him, I think, in, in Jared Gordon in December. He's currently a minus 200 favorite. 
would imagine, uh, as, as the odds suggest, that he comes out victorious there, but is going to get truly tested, I believe. And and I think the biggest takeaway here to remember with Pimblet is is his hobby love uh, will be opposite of Islam Makachev, where Pimblet's in, you know people in wanting to invest in in Patty is going to be completely tied to his personality. He's still going to be a massive dog to anybody inside the top ten of the lightweight division. So just keep that in mind. You know, once he gets to start start to fighting some of these guys and, and maybe gets exposed, you could see the hype train get derailed relatively quickly. But until that happens, I think that you know people are going to still be excited about investing in him. And then last note, I would be you know be, would be remiss if I talk UFC but don't mention Hamzat. It, it looks like if the rumors are true, the next fight is going to be against Colby Covington. Uh, early odds for that on bestfightodds.com suggest that he will be a short favorite around minus 165 or so. And I don't know, that's going to be a, a really good test for Hamzat. I think Colby's a guy that can wrestle with him. Colby's a guy that can you know win rounds against Hamzat. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes if that fight does get made. But nothing's going to change my opinion on Hamzat. I'm going to keep investing in this guy for you know for for better or for worse. So a uh, good good time to be a UFC fan. Good time, I think, to be a UFC collector. At this point, really, I'm just looking for stuff that I want to buy and, and hold long term for kind of my personal collection with uh, with all the Hamzat stuff. I've got got as much as I need at this point and happy to keep adding more where the prices seem right. Yeah, um, that's all interesting. It's funny. I was going to ask you about Patty, and I Googled him while you were talking, and then I guess this fight just got booked for 282. So uh, Just recently. I think December yeah. December 10th, UFC yeah. 282. Yeah, um, and that, that's got the uh, light heavyweight championship on there, too, between Glover to share, and I don't know how to say this guy's name. Yuri Prosh. Yuri Prohaska. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a good one as well. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had to look up, like, like Patty's uh, rankings within that lightweight division and, <laughs> and looking through just through the names. If you search UFC rankings, I mean – the, the lightweight division is is so insanely stacked. Obviously now headlined by Makachev, but Patty's would be just a massive dog to to really anybody on that top fifteen list, in my opinion. So it's going to be a long climb to the top for Patty if you're a, uh, if you're a Patty Pimblett fan and somebody that thinks that he may one day be champion. Um, you know, it's just he's he's a twenty seven year old fighter. He's going to have to kind of prove that he belongs with that upper echelon. But until then, they're going to keep feeding him guys that I think are, are relatively good matchups for him. Jared Gordon is going to certainly be a test, but I, I imagine it's one that he'll pass and we'll continue to see the, the hobby love there. The, the nice thing about, I will say, like if you're collecting and or even looking into flipping UFC stuff is almost immediately following a win because they're so infrequent. You know, guys might fight one, two, three, four times a year immediately following a win. Uh, the, the markets rise almost unanimously. doesn't matter what, uh, you know, uh, Islam's market is up. Sean O'Malley's market is up. When Hamzat wins, his market goes up. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. It's, it's, you, you wait almost, you know, three months, six months, nine months, whatever, for these fights to happen. And once they happen, assuming the guy that you're collecting or the guy that you're investing in wins, then you, you can book a nice little uh, return on your investment. That's fascinating. Um, cause like you could, yeah. Cause you could basically try to time up your, your listings if you really have a feel good about it, like you can, you can do this in auction as well. So like, I think that's really interesting. Um, so, so that's, yeah. and, and that's like, I first noticed it obviously with, with Hamzat, the guy that I was investing in in most, but I think we talked about him like July of, of 2021. So it's been almost over a, over a year now, June or July. And that's when I was really starting to invest heavily. Cause that was right when the, the fight had gotten booked with Li Jing Lang. And he, he ended up being, you know, going off as like a minus, I don't know, 600, 700 favor or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, clearly he's going to win this fight. You know, Vegas expects him to win this fight. I think if he runs through this dude, then there might be a, an immediate spike. So I actually started to 
list some stuff to sell the following night or two nights after. It was a Monday night. And the moment that he won, you know, bids started ringing through. Right. So right. that's when I first noticed it. And just looking at like Islam stuff is up 58%. Sean O'Malley's stuff is up 58%. And generally that stuff continues to rise for a few weeks after the fight. Nice. That's great to know. Um, cool. Yeah, sticking to the niche sports, we got to do a quick F1 corner here. As the season's winding down, I think only two more races or so. But this season's been over for a while. Max Verstappen did win his second straight championship a couple weeks ago. Um, and the market honestly has not reacted very much. And it's, it, it is a little bit just because it was down so much. So it's been a, it's been a kind of a, a disappointing F1 season. Obviously there was all these rule changes to the cars and Ferrari was coming out strong at the very beginning of the season. And then they just completely dwindled with, you know, they're basically like Nathaniel Hackett and Brandon Staley combined and Cliff Kingsbury. They're just like baffling in race decisions, um, you know, left and right. So, they, they shoot themselves in the foot. The battle for second and third is still on between Mercedes and Ferrari. But, uh, you know, it's Verstappen, Red Bull, they dominated all year. I think that the F1 market was actually up a little bit too high coming into the season because we've seen it kind of just take a big dive. It's kind of the hype from Drive to Survive came down. The hype from last season's insane, epic all-time race came down. And, and just the market, you know, all like everything else in general – kind of go down. We have seen Verstappen since he won be up a little bit, but it had gone down so much over the last like uh, three to six months that it's just kind of in recovery mode here. His Sapphire base PSA 10 was down 40% over the last three months. I remember I was selling it for close to $800 uh, in the beginning of the season. Now they put that as a $420 card. I would think it's more around a $450 card, but uh, yeah, that's what you're looking like. They're up a little bit over the last month, though, from lows of 380. So it's going, it's climbing a little bit for after this championship. I still think 2020 F1 is the place you want to be, and now yeah. is a great time to buy. But yes, stuff has been down. There's no doubt about it. I think it's for a couple of reasons: the hype, the hype dwindling, this not being as fun of a season, and then 2021 coming out. I think did hurt. 2020 a little bit just kind of like people weren't at, they didn't do as good of a job with 2021 people weren't as into it the rookie class wasn't as good they printed more so just like in general um i think it impacted the entirety of the f1 uh, card market but i still think 2020 is going to be your 2012 prism everything like that i have no problem holding i'm holding most of my stuff right now uh with the exception of you know selling here and there i think george russell's still an excellent buy i think lando norris still an excellent buy i think lewis and max stuff is strong to hold as well so i'm not worried about f1 but it has been down uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we'll see what ha ends up happening with second and third. I think George is probably my favorite buy right now. Um, his stuff has been mostly in check. I mean, you know, he's still my favorite rookie from that 2020 because he is on that Mercedes team that is going to be heard from um, in the coming seasons. They, he's he's in fourth in the driver's championship right now. Mercedes is right there. They found their pace again in the second half of the season. Not enough to keep up with Red Bull, but close. And I think next year they'll be right back in the running of things. So George Russell, you can get his Sapphire base at under $200 right now. I think that's such an excellent buy. It's only a, uh, in, a in the 10. It's only a pop of 295 so at under 200 bucks, I think that's really strong. That's from highs of almost 500. So you guys mentioned the market being down, but I like him a lot as an off-season buy coming up, and the off-season's only a couple weeks away. So I think F1 is an off-season buy for sure. That's good to hear. And I was just going to mention, you know, it seems like we've seen a lot of these niche mar niche markets a little bit oversaturated recently. Yeah. You know, we saw it with NBA, we saw it with NFL, but there were more people already in those markets. There were more collectors and investors already in those markets. And then they kind of shifted some, some people, I think, shifted their focus. And, and as these new products 
hit the shelves, you saw more people interested in them. And so I think like even for for the stuff that I was looking at with UFC, like Hamzat's market was, in, you know, overinflated. And it was kind of you know, not nice in, a, in the sense that like you lose a little bit of your investment value, but it was almost nice to see some of that stuff correct to maybe where it should be. And you can start to get more people back into uh, into the point where they can afford some of this stuff. So I think the, the overall market correction on some of the niche stuff from F1 to UFC is, is probably good long term. Yep. Agreed. Agreed there. Nothing to add. Um, I think that should do, I think we should save NFL for, uh, for our next show. We'll be, we'll be at week 10. We'll be at week 10. We'll have some good halfway point check or so. MVP race will be kind of starting to crystallize a little bit at that point. So I think that'll be a, I think that's good. Um, anything else you want to, you want to touch on some of the news stuff or, you know, yeah, let's, let's hit the news items real quick because, uh, because we, we, uh, I don't know, were you an, were you an uncut gems fan? I am. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the Safety brothers. I I think, um, uh, Good Time, which is their movie, their first movie with Robert Pattinson, is like an insane watch. Like if you, I'm, I'm a big movie buff. If people don't really know, it's, man, I know this about me. One of my, one of my other things, I, I'm a movie, cinema, history actor. Uh, I'm kind of like an encyclopedia with that stuff. I love it. So uh, I was, I am a fan of the Safdie brothers. I get that they're a little bit. Um, people either love or hate them. Like people either yeah. love Uncut Gems or hated Uncut Gems. Okay, well, since, since you're Uncut a movie Gems, buff and, yeah. and since I ask if you like Uncut Gems, why don't you bring up why? I'm, I'm sure people know about this by yeah. now, but I didn't know about it until you mentioned it. Why, why are we talking about Uncut Gems? So the next Safdie Brothers movie has been announced. So same guys that made Uncut Gems with their same star and Adam Sandler. And if, and if you watch that movie, you know Adam Sandler is, is much more than just a comedian, really strong actor in general uh and it seems like and so just so just to preface this like their movies if you haven't seen uncut champs you haven't seen good time are very intense very like edge of your seat heart pounding thriller but like kind of like make you go a little nuts type of movies um and so their next movie with adam sandler is supposedly around the world of high-end sports card collecting which it, i'm just picturing uncut gems like which was about diamonds in the diamond district with like shine and like $4 million sports card sales. And like, it just, it has me so excited. Um, obviously the hobby is in a good enough spot where this has caught the attention of these guys who are big sports fans, by the way, I know Benny Safdie is a big sports fan. Um, and so is Adam Sandler, a big sports fan to, to make this, to make this type of movie. And like, it makes so much sense because like we do see $10 million sports card sales. Like I can only imagine what kind of thriller type of movie they're going to make like intense, it's just, I'm really excited about it. Like, I'm, and, and, and you know what? These guys are so meticulous that the research is going to be well done. Like, it's going to, it should, it should make the hobby proud as far as like the details around the cards and the people in it and like all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. There's not much known about it yet. It's just known that it's the next Safety Brothers movie. It's Adam Sandler and the Safety Brothers. And it's about, it's around the high end sports card world. And like that has me very excited. So yeah, and I think just like you, my brain immediately goes to, to what I saw from Uncut Gems and, and yeah. just immediately just replaces diamond district yeah, with, yeah, with sports with, cards you yeah, know one for one right and if and if it's anything like that will be will be obviously a, a spectacular spectacular watch for anyone who has listened to 45 minutes of us nerding out on on sports card values and mid-tier stuff like clearly this is going to be something you'll want to watch I, there's so many directions they could go with it that yeah, i think yeah, could could really paint the uh paint the hobby in in a positive way but also kind of touch on some of the things some of the you know darker sides of the hobby and some of the the shady characters and i think that combination of like hey this is truly something that you know people love from from the people that are you know investing or, or collecting with their kids at the base level to to everything at the high end that that they're going to be focusing on the million millions of millions of dollars of sales yeah i think uh I think they'll do a good job of painting the hobby in a good light as uh, as guys that are sports fans and, and collectors themselves. 
Yeah, agreed. And I think they'll lean into those shady characters more yes. than, the, than the good side, which is, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, other news coming out of the hobby. Uh, by the way, I, I, I do want to mention that, yes, the World Series is happening. Yes, my Yankees got swept by the Astros in four games um, in the ALCS. So we got the Astros-Phillies, which is, a, I think, Astros, a lot of people expected to be there, not the Phillies. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to get into numbers right now. I just want to say two people, three people I'd be looking for the most from card card movement right now in the World Series. Uh, Bryce Harper, certainly on the Phillies, and get his first ring. Did miss out on that Washington ring right after he left. It'd be huge for his market. People, there's still a lot of Bryce Harper collectors and believers. So that's one. Jordan Alvarez on the Astros is just a stud, man. And like his his is more of the ultra modern, but like his tops curl, his Bowman stuff, all up right now has a chance to go up even more. And then Jeremy Pena is the rookie who's probably going to win AL Rookie of the Year on the Astros. Been amazing in the playoffs, playing shortstops for them day in day out. I just sold the Bowman just base, ungraded base Bowman auto for 250 bucks ungraded uh i think if i waited a week i could have probably got 400 bucks for it just raw which is like that's the kind of stuff that you can take advantage for right now so watch watch out for those guys i'm sorry i didn't mean to backtrack from the news but i just i, I wanted to tell our audience that we understand that baseball's going on in the world series is happening right now so well there, there's a baseball tie-in and kind of the general hobby stuff too because you, you we wanted to talk, touch on some of the high-end stuff you know kind of kind of ties all together with the, the uncut cards uh, being announced and and also kind of some of these sales with uncut with the cards. I like World that. Series around the corner. Can we can we just call it uncut cards? Yeah, I like yeah for sure. <laughs> untrained just, cards. We just yeah, it's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, but there were some there there were some there still are record breaking sales. The markets may feel down on on some of the base and, and, and mid tier stuff that we've all been collecting and investing in over the last couple of months and years. But there are still continuously high end sales that break records month in and month out and that, i think that stuff is really encouraging to see we know that we're we, we know that at, at some point this market got a little bit overinflated, but people are still seeking these high-end collectibles and truly view them as alternative assets uh, a couple that came from the pwcc uh, october premiere auction there was a uh, 2000 playoff contenders championship ticket tom brady that sold for 2.4 million uh, and then the other big one was we saw another uh, finally, another seven-figure Mike Trout sale. You know, which is which is good for everything that's surrounding uh, that Angels team. Yep. One one point oh eight million dollars, which is uh, the second Trout card to ever sell for more than a million. Obviously, that one of one Trout Super Fractor that sold for three point nine million in August of twenty twenty still holds the overall Trout record. But starting to see some of those uh, high-end cards seek that seven-figure value. Uh, another one that I, I found interesting because I love these cards. I love the look of these cards and the, the story behind them, the precious metal gems. Jerry Rice, uh, PMG Green, PSA 6 fold, sold for 150000 which uh, you know topped uh, a Jerry Rice record that was previously set at 125 And then uh, a Ken Griffey card broke his own record, selling for 84000 was a, uh, a patch auto number to 24, graded BGS 8.5 that sold for 84000 So it's it's good to see these records for... Some of the names that we're not always familiarized with in in the hobby, especially guys like Jerry Rice and, and Ken Griffey, that are are some of the uh, names that we don't see day in and day out. Brady and and Trout, of course, we see all the time. But seeing some of these sales from guys like Rice and, and Griffey, all time greats, is is really cool to see. Yep, agreed. There, totally agreed. Um, it's it's great, great sales. And Trout, Trout's the best sign for me because he's done nothing in the he hasn't even been yeah. in the playoffs. They've done nothing, but people are still speculating enough on one of the all time great regular season performers. So I think that's a good sign. Um, all right, I think that I think that should wrap it up for for us this week. 
Yeah, it was really good to catch up. It's been it's been far too long. We're gonna yeah. try and try and get back to a, a biweekly schedule. Yeah, I think hour. we should we should be able to now that I'm kind of adjusting in and and I'll give I'll give my NBA team this like I kind of have a set schedule for this year, so it should know like mm-hmm. Tuesday mornings, Thursday morning, we should be able to record uh, one of those two. So yeah. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out for the last fifty minutes. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll talk talk through uh, some NFL stuff as we'll you yeah, know we'll kind of approaching and passing the uh, midway point of the season. We'll talk plenty of NFL when we get back. In a couple of weeks here, for Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you soon. See you, everyone.